0: The following ShishMed podcast is a production of DrPodcasting.com.
1: On this edition of the ShishMed podcast, we continue our series featuring ShishMed women in leadership. And with us is Donna Teach, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Nationwide Children's Hospital. She is going to share with us five tips that she has learned along the way, including tip number three, the power of the unicorn. Hmm. What could that be? Hmm you're going to have to listen to find out. That and more coming up right No. This is the ShishMed podcast, rapid insights for healthcare strategy professionals and planning, business development, marketing, communications, and public relations. I'm your host, Bill Klaproth. And on this episode, we continue to spotlight women in leadership. With me is Donna Teach, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. In her current role, Donna has oversight of all marketing, communications, and digital functions. And Donna is going to share the top five tips she has learned in her exceptional career. Donna, welcome to the ShishMed Podcast. As you know, we start every episode of the ShishMed Podcast with rapid insights. One quick tip someone can use to make their marketing communications better today. Donna... Give us your rapid insight.
0: Right now, one of the things that I am reading is a book called The Daily Stoic. It's meditations on wisdom, perseverance, and the art of living, which I think right now as marketers in this very unusual time, this kind of a read is just what folks should take a look at. It's a great read.
1: And that is your Rapid Insight. We start every episode of the ShishMed podcast that way. And I love it when people share book ideas. So thank you, Donna. You suggested we check out the Daily Stoic. So we are spotlighting ShishMed women in leadership. And in this episode, we're going to hear the top five tips you have learned along the way. Donna, looking forward to this. And again, thank you for your time. This is going to be fun. So here we go. Tip number one. Know your truth.
0: Absolutely. Well, this is really fun today because it gave me a chance to kind of reflect on the things that have been important to me throughout my career. And I will not tell you how long it has been, but it is more than three decades. And I think the thing that all five of these tips have in common is they all come from great women who I have encountered in mentorship roles throughout my career. And these are women who may have been senior to me in their experience, but also a lot of the really bright, great young millennial women that I'm getting a chance to work with right now. And this first tip of living your true north and knowing your true north really exemplifies how I've led my career. It came from a woman who's been a tremendous mentor to me. And it's the idea that if you know your true north, you know, we have to make a lot of decisions with our head and our heart. And I think this idea that as you're making whether they're professional decisions or personal decisions that you really know what guides you in your in your life and what's really important to you and knowing your truth north is so important especially when you have to make those tough decisions Um, there's actually another great book that's on this subject about finding your true north and it's really been one of the best pieces of advice that has guided me throughout my career especially discovering healthcare marketing and pr i am a career monogamist I have spent my entire career in healthcare marketing and PR, and a lot of that is just because it fuels my true north, my, my passion for the art and science of medicine and the people who do it, and the honor we have of serving people through healthcare. So even though my job has changed a lot over the last three decades, my true north being guided by, by my passion for healthcare, especially nonprofit healthcare, has really carried me throughout my career very well.
1: Such great thoughts, Donna. Thank you for that. And you mentioned a book. Can you share that with us?
0: Yes, actually, this is another great classic. This book is called The True North, Discover Your Authentic Leadership by an author named Bill George. It's been around for quite a while, but it is a great read. And in fact, I think he's updated his volume uh, and he has a lot of great online resources as well.
1: And if you find your true north, do you also find more satisfaction? Do you find more joy? Do you find more success?
0: Oh, absolutely. I I honestly believe that you are going to be successful at anything you do if you are pursuing what you're truly passionate about and pursuing with people who share your common passions.
1: So know your true north. Very important. All right. Tip number two, Donna, know your style and embrace who you are.
0: I think kind of building off of that idea of understanding your true north is also understanding your style. I am a huge fan of kind of revisiting these ideas of your personal leadership style, whether you're a Myers-Briggs kind of person or a disc style, the idea of being able to understand what are your natural tendencies as a leader. And what was taught to me, which was a really important tip, was there is no such thing as a bad style. Every style has strengths and every style brings something wonderful to the discussion. I think that the idea and one of the best tips I got is that by understanding your style, And more importantly, helping to understand the styles of others, you can be very adaptive and responsive in your communication and really just feeling comfortable when you're going into a situation, understanding how you're embracing who you are and bring everything that's great about your style to a situation. And if you're dealing with an especially kind of maybe challenging relationship or a challenging issue I think understanding and having empathy and respect for what other people's styles, might how that might affect their perceptions is incredibly important. So I, I use that a lot in my role, especially when I'm working with other leaders or trying to build coalitions and new relationships. I think being able to embrace and understand your style is so important. And also your style it can change as you grow. You may have one particular style that uh, is your dominant But there's many ways that we grow and evolve. And also our ability to flex towards other styles is really important. So I'm a huge Mm -hmm. fan of understanding, embracing what your style is.
1: Looking back over your career, how important has it been for you to reevaluate your leadership style as it has evolved?
0: I think it's been really important. I think both in my workplace, I'm, I'm thankful to have always worked in organizations that have invested in professional development. That's not the case everywhere. So that's where organizations like Schismed can be so helpful because they offer these types of opportunities for leadership development and and kind of understanding more about your work style. But I really try to do a DISC assessment. We do them at at, where I work at Nationwide Children's Hospital um, every couple years, and I try to do them definitely whenever I bring anybody new onto my team. And we're very transparent about sharing and talking about our different styles. I think that's another thing that's really important, um, is it's something that is it's really important to share with others so they understand how you communicate and what your natural style Might be. So I think it's something you should revisit often.
1: I think that's such a good point. And the other thing I really liked what you said was having empathy and respect for other people's styles. Just because their leadership style might be different from yours doesn't mean that it's bad or wrong. So I think that's really a good point you made.
0: Oh, absolutely. And diversity always makes us stronger. I think the best decisions are decisions that are made from multiple points of view when they're taken in consideration. So I think that's another way that styles, if your styles can be so helpful as you want to get that diversity of thought and perspective.
1: So taking the time to learn and understand your leadership style can really pay dividends when it comes time for you managing yourself, but also in managing other people.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: All right, Donna. So this one caught my attention. Tip number three, the power (laughs) of the unicorn.
0: I know. I think this is one of my favorites. Um, I think that as healthcare marketing um, strategists, a lot of times we're the unicorns of our organization. You know, we are surrounded by medical professionals and or researchers or very operationally focused um, folks. And a lot of times, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm the unicorn in the room. I may be the one who's there and we're making an operational decision and I'm bringing in voice of customer data or I'm trying to raise the um, voice of the digital native um, when I'm talking to a group of physicians who are making a a clinical decision that may not necessarily have that customer point of view at the front of the table. And sometimes you have to be courageous to be the unicorn. Um, But I think the idea that, that we bring tremendous value to our organizations Uh, Again, a great piece of mentorship advice that I got was from someone who's like, you need to embrace um, the different perspective that you have, and you need to know that the organization values that you have that different perspective. So I think as healthcare marketing and strategists, and again, this is the beauty of Schisman, because we can all come together as a group of unicorns, is that we have a very important, unique perspective and, and voice and it's very important that we feel confident expressing it within our organizations.
1: Mm, that's so yes. good. So do you have an? can I put you on the spot for a minute? No. Do, you, <laughs> do you have an example of how being a unicorn has helped you in your career?
0: Well, I think it's actually where we are right now, Bill. That's a great question, is at the time you and I are recording this, we are sitting in, in the middle of one of the most unprecedented times of our, not only our lifetimes, but probably in recent history, um, helping our organizations navigate through COVID-19 and this pandemic has been something I have never experienced in my life or my career. And the idea that probably just about every day at 7.30 in the morning, I am on a call with 30 of my colleagues and we are making operational decisions um, about how we're going to navigate our organization through COVID. And I'm there representing a lot of times the sort of external voice of the patient. Um, Really topically right now, we're making organizational decisions, but we're constantly listening to the voice of our patients. And a lot of the ways that we're doing that is by tracking social media. So when we started this conversation and we started presenting social media data, um, people were like, why are we looking at this? But I think now people realize that the power of social media data is one way we can stay on the true pulse of what our patients and families are feeling and more importantly, what they're saying right now. And we're actually using that data to help fuel a lot of our operational decisions. And so that's an example of being the unicorn at the table where, you know, especially as our organizations are making critical operational decisions and they're trying to look at epidemiology data and they're looking at PPE availability and they're looking at impact on finances, that being able to put the voice of the customer in the center of the table and being able to use data like social media analytics and social media trending and tracking reports is a perfect example of being a really, um, I hope, helpful and powerful unicorn in a very important time for all of us.
1: Yeah, I really like that answer. So knowing your value and that your perspective has value, how important is it? For someone to be a unicorn and to speak up if they share a different opinion or perspective.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? That's a great segue. Um, Using your style and leveraging your style and understanding the style of those around you can make you so much more effective. So for example, if I came in, I I work with a lot of people who are very analytical. And so I know that if I'm going to bring a perspective to the table, how can I back it with data? Um, so I think in order to be effective, especially as a marcom um, communicator a marcom strategist, you need to understand your audience. You need to or understand relationships within your um, organization and how to be effective in your communication um, and how you fit within the system in which you operate to be effective. I think a lot of times that's how we struggle: is we work so hard to get to the table, and then once you're at the table, how do you make your voice? heard in a way that you can be effective and impactful and assist your organization moving forward.
1: Yeah, that's great. Understand your audience to be most effective. Really, really important and great point, Donna. Thank you. Okay, here we are. We're at number four already, the power of lifelong learning.
0: Absolutely. And this is one of my favorite young millennial mentor piece of advice is that this day and age, you know, we all went to college and I went to college a long time ago, um, I use absolutely 0% of what I learned at that time Um, academically, obviously every life lesson was so important, but I think if I had gone to college 10 years ago, things are moving so fast that we need to be in a constant mindset that we need to be learning new things all the time. And I can tell you for me and where I am in my career, being able to learn from digital natives, you know, I was not born in a time of being a digital native. So for me, a lot of my lifelong learning is around um, spending time with my young digital natives who are helping me to think digitally first. Now, for all of us, lifelong learning can show up a lot of different ways. It may be how you focus on leadership development. It may be on how you focus on understanding new technologies and Marcom technologies. It may show up a lot of different ways for people. But I think the idea that there are so many opportunities for lifelong learning, again, I turned to Shizmid. Um, Because I think organizations like Schismed, whether you're prescribing to a listserv or attending a conference, there are so many great ways to stay plugged in, to be constant learning, listening to podcasts like this one. Um, And obviously, for folks who are listening to this, you probably are all those types of lifelong learners. So I commend you. But I think it's really so important that we are constantly learning and growing because things are just changing so fast.
1: You're so right about things changing fast and having that mindset that's open to new ideas and new learning is so critical. And thank you for mentioning podcasts. This is the go to podcast for healthcare marketers, by the way. All right, tip number five work is all about the relationships and the reservoir of trust.
0: Yeah, this was actually a wonderful piece of advice that was given to me from a very early mentor in my career. And I actually remember sitting across the table at lunch and getting this piece of advice. Um, And this person described, obviously, the importance of relationships. You know, when you sit and have those difficult conversations, not only understanding style, but being able to come to a conversation, whether it's an easy one or a difficult one with a strong relationship in place and how your ability to to grow and maintain strong relationships of trust is all about the reservoir of trust. And this person described relationships and trust as a reservoir of water, that when the level of the reservoir is very low, um, it is easy to be drained. It's, it's quick to drain that reservoir of trust. People may jump to conclusions. They may be less trustful um, when you're trying to convince them of something. But when the reservoir is full, ripples on the pond aren't necessarily felt um, so deeply. Uh, you have the opportunity to navigate conversations. And and even if there's a misunderstanding or a mistake, people are quick to restore trust. And so this person talked to me about how you build reservoirs of trust with people, the idea that you're accountable to your word, you're responsive, and when, when you have issues or problems, you come to them and let them know versus them being surprised or hearing from somebody else. I mean, it's very simple principles of investing in these deep reservoirs of trust and always kind of measuring the depth of the water, knowing if you need to have a contentious or a difficult conversation, where is that reservoir of trust? And not that you can't have that that hard conversation, but understanding that you may need to spend more time with that person. Um, And it's a two-way street. You need to be finding ways to build reservoirs of trust that you have with other folks as well. So the power of the relationship and the reservoir of trust are kind of two themes that I've taken throughout my career whenever I'm approaching relationships and deep reservoirs of trust feel great. I mean, this is how you build mentorship relationships with people. And it just makes people wonderful to work with when you have that deep kind of reservoir and trust in place. And when you're at the table, like I just described in these, in these days of COVID, to be able to have those relationships as you're coming in and having some pretty difficult conversations.
1: And when you build that reservoir of trust, aren't you also elevating your personal brand and putting yourself in position for bigger projects, more responsibility and personal and professional growth?
0: Absolutely. And I think people are more open to giving you feedback. I think when people care about you, they will give you coaching, they will give you feedback, they will give you advice. And candidly, that's also a great way to build a reservoir of trust is to call someone, ask for their advice, um, ask for their input, even when you may not need it on an immediate issue. The idea that you value and seek out someone's um, perspective, especially people who think differently than you are than you might. because sometimes those are the hardest folks when you have to have those difficult conversations. like some of my my folks I work the most on building these reservoirs of trust with are my super analytical people because um, I am not the world's most analytic thinker. <laughs> um, I'm more intuitive in my style, but when I'm sitting down with folks who are very linear analytic, I have several folks I will tap into and say, tell me, you know, am I thinking about this the right way? Give me your input. And um, not only does that make my thinking better, but it sort of builds that reservoir of trust, especially if I'm gonna be coming back to that person and uh, involving them in the decision I'm trying to get through. You know, what's funding a project or something I'm trying to do. So absolutely, that's a great question.
1: So as we build that reservoir of trust for someone listening, How do you do that? Is it by taking responsibility for your actions, treating people with respect, admitting your mistakes, being a person of integrity? All of those types of things are things that build the reservoir of trust?
0: Absolutely. And I think a great way to tap into that within your organization is looking at your organizational values. And I know at Nationwide Children's, where I work, our values really are a true north for us. We do the right thing, we value diversity. All of the values that your organization puts out there, how are you exemplifying those? And I think you just gave a great list. I think one of the fastest ways to erode trust is not being accountable for what you say you're going to do. I think it's much better to underpromise and overdeliver than to be one of those folks who over-promises but then under-delivers. I think that is um, so important.
1: And there you have it, five important things that you've learned along the way. Thank you, Donna. Number one, Know Your True North. Number two, know your style and embrace who you are. Number three, the power of the unicorn. Number four, the power of lifelong learning. And number five, work is all about relationships and the reservoir of trust. Donna, thank you for sharing that list with us. Well, it
0: came from some great women. So I've been very blessed to have a, and wonderful male mentors too. But since we're talking about women today, these were just some of my favorites that have really helped me over the years.
1: And just a couple more questions, Donna, and thank you so much for your time. First, can you go back to that college age student? Is your career everything you hoped or wanted it to be when you were envisioning your future life back then?
0: Oh my gosh, that is such a fun question. I am actually a third generation almost doctor. So I ended up doing what I'm doing because I had a lot of experiences with healthcare. I had an ill brother, so I was around hospitals. And my grandfather and my dad both were almost physicians one ended up going into pharmaceutical medicine and the one ended up going into a completely different business but i've just had this generational passion and closeness and interest about healthcare so i was pre med in college and i was going into my junior year and i loved healthcare but i was minoring in journalism because i loved the storytelling elements of it and i loved the the whole art and practice of medicine but one of the best things that happened to me and it was was one of the most difficult things was i had a professor who came to me and said Don, I know you're passionate about this, but you should not become a physician. He understood that for me, it wasn't as much about the practice of medicine as it was the art and science. And he said, you're this amazing writer. You're minoring in journalism, for goodness sake. And at the time I was going to school on the East Coast, and he referred me to the Ohio State University, where I ended up getting my undergraduate and graduate degrees in medical communications and healthcare administration. So that act of that professor to give me that difficult advice really sent me on the true course of my true north for the rest of my career.
1: Really interesting how career paths shift and change. So, thank you for sharing that story with us. Okay. And then, question number two Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self?
0: Wow. Oh my gosh, that there has never been a better time to do what we do. And I have to tell you, being able to, to work in healthcare right now to see the transformation of the industry has been such an exciting and wonderful journey. Just enjoy every second, find your mentors, listen to your true north and just enjoy the ride.
1: Enjoy every second, find your mentors, listen to your true north and enjoy the ride. Sage advice from a healthcare marketer. Donna, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story and your time with us today. Thanks again.
0: Oh, this has been great. Thank you for the opportunity. Happy to do it.
1: This is our Women in Leadership series, and that was Donna Teach. Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And to learn more about ShishMed, please visit shishmed.org, that's s-h-s-m-d.org, and visit our education page to learn about other educational programs at shishmed.org slash education. And if you found this podcast helpful, And again, how could you not? Please, come on, share it on all of your social channels and make sure you subscribe to get every episode. Please, you don't want to miss any of these. This has been a production of Dr. Podcasting. I'm Bill Claproth. See you.